0: Wasn't sure I'd ever uh, step out and do my own thing. It took this place to do it. And it is Virginia Tech. This isn't some rinky-dink-ass program. I don't know if I could follow that one up. I'm yelling into the void, <laughs> and that's what I like doing. <laughs> Pete, nobody's looking <laughs> at your tweets. We're going to recruit our footprint, and we're going to work our tails off to bring those Virginia kids to Blacksburg.
1: Those situations are the worst when you are on top yeah. of another
0: guy. The relationships are very important to me that's what this place is built on that's your boy that's your judge of character i'm gonna end up in a columbia prison at 95 miami is my fondest and maybe the experience after the sugar bowl with west worship and jc price on bourbon street <laughs> come on jc i want to know what you're drinking robbie it is roasty goodness even though i was out. what's the in- percent on that 11 it was a dream come true back then and- Dream come
1: through today. Hey, Mom, why don't you try a rail? We're going to put this old guy in a grave for the love of the game. And I mow the lawn after work, before the podcast. Mm, we just got better, guys.
0: Welcome to 2 Deep Hokies Under the Influence, brought to you by Downtown Crown Wine and Beer and Dominion Wine and Beer. Virginia Tech lost to Georgia Tech 28-27. to 27. Another one-point loss, Robbie. It wasn't pretty, man. How you doing?
1: Was, I'm doing okay. It's a rough season. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's been rough, man. Do you have do you have a cheers for us?
1: Yeah, of course I do. Okay. uh men's basketball. We are a basketball school. So I don't know great. what all this football uh talk is. Uh so uh yeah, we went out and appropriately curb stomped a team that we should beat. And um, you know, our, our transfer from Wright State is uh is a monster and came mm-hmm. in and um just obviously blacked out, forgot where he was, and then just started raining threes from all over the place. So uh, I will I will say a cheers to those guys because we'll have plenty to say about football, and I don't know uh, how much of that's going to be positive.
0: Cheers. Great way to start the podcast, man, because let's hop into some good news before we get to the anger and the sadness and the unbelievability of what happened on Saturday. Let's talk about us crushing Delaware State. 95-57. Grant, is it Basile or is it Basil? I, I, I was listening to the broadcast. Now I can't remember. Basile. Basile. Okay. I don't, I, I don't know that. <laughs> I, I'm, it feels like it's got to be Basile, but I, I don't know. Dude, he went off 30 points, hit six threes, had 10 rebounds, all really not in a full game because like, they didn't need him at the end of the game. Yeah. They put, and yeah, I know they Delaware put the State bench sucks. In. Yeah, the, the whole bench was in, and DSC was horrible. I mean, they're they think they won like two games last year. Like it was, it was really bad. But still, you have to hit the shots, and they hit the shots. Padula last, had a great night.
1: Last I checked, the three point line is still the same distance, uh, whether <laughs> uh, regardless of who you're playing, whether it's contested or not. Yes, but the distance is the same.
0: So yeah, Padula had eighteen and eight assists, he hit five threes himself, Maddox had 14, and it was good to see some of Lynn Kidd, someone that didn't get a chance to play much last year, and I wasn't sure if ever he would contribute, but he looked pretty big out there, and in all honesty, like, he made Basile look small, even though they're, like, one only one inch apart, Lynn Kidd's got a big frame.
1: Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a big dude, so um, the team look, they look good, I mean, they look sharp out there, and, you know, it's Opponent adjusted in uh, in everybody's eyes, but um, it's obviously how you want to start it off. I mean, yeah. it was it was never close. It was always always in hand, and the team came out and really showed up, and it was nice. It was cohesive. It looked good.
0: Well, Florida State lost to Stetson. I think <laughs> Oklahoma lost their opener to some lowly opponent. I mean, these things happen. We've lost an opener to Alabama State under Buzz Williams. Yes. So yeah, no matter who you play, game one things can go haywire. So I am very pleased with the way it went down. And it's a different looking team. There's no Storm. Uh, there's no Naheem Aline. There's different big guys in there. We've got Poteet. We've got all these guys that transferred in. We saw MJ Collins last night, the only freshman to uh, to dress and play. Mutz didn't even play. So it, it's, uh, it's a different team. And when Rodney Rice gets in there, that's going to be another difference. But Man, that was fun. See some basketball, see a team win and cover a spread. It was, it was very nice.
1: Well, it, and it's nice. I I don't know about you, but especially seeing what's going on with football right now, it's nice to see that it's being done with a different team. It yeah. gives me some comfort that it doesn't – it's not just because um, – we're not a Villanova that just you know, kind of has people that are staying five years and you know, it's just one of the most experienced and deep teams out there. It's, they, they may be experienced, but not necessarily together. So it gives me uh, some comfort to know Mike Young can bring together people from different schools and different backgrounds and use the transfer portal and those sorts of things and, and put together a team that, that seems to be able to play together.
0: And after that win, we actually moved up in the Ken Palm. I know it's way too early to, to do the <laughs> rankings, but I never actually told our listeners where we were starting. We were number 21 in the Ken Palm, I think, before the season. UVA is up in the top 10, which I'm surprised because they didn't have a good season at all last year. But we moved up to 18. We are the fourth highest ranked ACC team in the Ken Palm. UVA was the highest, then UNC, then Duke, and then us at number 18. So... A lot of good teams from our conference in the top 25 Kentucky is number one right now. And Gonzaga is right behind them. Uh, Kentucky was one of the, the ones you you forget how good of a season they had last year because of the way they got knocked out against St. Peter's.
1: Yes. That, that was the, that's the narrative that carried over to this year is when you look back and not, not how good the season was, but, um, that did happen.
0: Yeah, it sure did. Well, let's move on to football. Not that I really want to. We'll talk about the AP poll first and the uh, college football playoff rankings. Georgia took care of business. They showed that they are the true best team in the country, beating Tennessee, not easily, but handily. And uh, I don't think – obviously, Bama's not on their level. Clemson, they just lost. And so you've got Ohio State and Michigan directly behind Georgia. Do you think – those teams can compete with georgia on a neutral field
1: not the way they're playing right now i i it, the reason being so michigan can run the ball really really well and michigan has a good defense so that could that could that could play a part so it might be a low scoring game but mm-hmm. michigan cannot run against that front and their dbs are so good for georgia that i think they just showed Hendon Hooker and the Josh Heupel offense is very unique, and uh, Georgia definitely stressed it in in that game. Their defensive backs are really good, but I think they would be able to do the same thing against Ohio State. Maybe they would. Ohio State would have a little bit more success. Uh, I I think that they'd probably win by seven ten points right now. It may change yeah. as people have more time to prepare.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the way Ohio State played Penn State, and, and they came back and they won that game. But basically it was one defensive player just going off against Penn State. And then against Notre Dame, we saw how close that game was for Ohio State. Michigan, they got kind of killed by Georgia just last year, and that was when Georgia had you know 15 draftees on the team. So I just I think, in my opinion, that Georgia would beat the brakes off both of those teams probably by a good 10 to 14 points, uh, maybe more. And we, we won't find out for a few more months. And Georgia still has to play the SEC title game and whatnot. But, damn, they are they are very good. Because you think about them beating Oregon. I mean, Oregon only has one loss. They've been crushing people. Yes. And, like, they, and they Georgia four, owned it them. Like
1: 40, it was like 45 to <laughs> 7 or something in that game. It was it's crazy. Something
0: like that. Yeah. So, um Anyway, well we'll move on to the rest of the poll. Tulane edges out Liberty for the highest ranked G5 team. Number 16 for Tulane, Liberty number 19 bring that up because we play them in 2 weeks. Those Liberty Flames who man, got my pick wrong about Arkansas. You had that one, man. Hugh I Freeze did, in a big game. <laughs> I did I did have that one. Arkansas, I think Sneaky sucks and it's yeah, not they sneaky anymore.
1: Suck. So that that has uh that has been out there, but uh you freeze man head coach of some other school next year you gotta imagine at some point Auburn. Uh, I, I, that please let it happen it's that would be so we good. need him
0: out of lynchburg yeah. for sure oh
1: yes for our benefit auburn but also just for the antics and oh yeah and uh, yes. what a great match yes yes, <laughs> yes recruiting violations give it to me like all sorts of stuff Give me give me hidden numbers all over the phone you know getting exposed three years from now when Auburn wants them out and they're the ones that expose it
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right in the ACC Clemson after losing the matchup to Notre Dame and, and not really looking good at all they're number 12, UNC number 15, NC State 17. After they beat Wake, Wake fell out of the poll, and Florida State pops back in at number 25. If you look at the college football playoff rankings, because everything I just said was the AP, pretty similar in a lot of ways. Clemson was 10 instead of 12, um, 10 in the CFP. And then, let's see, NC State 16, Notre Dame is 20, and then Florida State also in the college football playoff poll at number 23. As far as the top G5 team in this poll, it is also two lane they are number 17 in here which means if they hold serve and stay there they will get a new year six bowl Yep.
1: which is pretty cool yeah that's pretty um that's great for them i mean that's a huge it's a huge achievement and uh you know with the new expanded playoff coming you could roll it forward and and have them thinking bam we would be in the playoff uh you know just a few years from now
0: You know what's fascinating about the CFP? I'm looking at it a little closer. Liberty, not in. Wow. So they are number 19 in the AP, but they are not in the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings. And that's based on their strength of schedule, I assume. But I thought after the win against Arkansas, even though they're not a very good P5 team and only losing to Wake by one point, that they would pop in. However, Wake also lost, so that ruins that like close game, which was also I don't know. It, it wouldn't matter. matter anyway. They're not
1: in the top. We tonight. would pull down their strength of schedule so much that it would
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it wouldn't yeah. last anyway. Um depth chart injury update. They are discussing redshirt options for Dorian Strong and Malachi Thomas. So I think that kind of tells you where their health is at. Uh, yes. I think Strong is doubtful. Malachi is doubtful. No strong is out. Malachi is doubtful. So I guess we'll red shirt them. Um, I don't know. Like <laughs> don't, I would don't. love for those guys to come back and be able to play some snaps later in the season and help us beat UVA because our secondary is not good. And with only Keyshawn King, who has had fumbling problems throughout his career and we'll get to his fumbling problems in the game. Uh, we could have used Malachi. We probably come out on top if we have Malachi in this one, just like, the ODU game. If we had him, we probably would have won.
1: Oh, those are not the only Richard issues that we're dealing with. We have some other ones, but um they're dealing with younger guys that have already, you know, played their their three games and now they're on the bubble for, for hitting the four game threshold uh that would, would cause them to to
0: burn a year. Yeah. PJ Prelou is the last note I had. He is out for the season, and that is that's a bummer for him. We are still number 91 in the SP+, 116th on offense, 48th on defense, 49th on special teams, and we are 94th in the FPI. Even though we keep seeming to play worse and worse, <laughs> we're just kind of staying right there because I guess all the teams behind us are just as bad. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't. <laughs> yes, I, I think it's I, maybe the
1: special teams probably pulled us up this time with that Holloway, uh, his, his great performance in this game. Maybe. Yeah
0: let's move to the game recap before we do our calls because we did get a couple calls this week and we're going to let that be the reaction. But GT, they got out to a quick 10, nothing lead in this game. They were helped by one of those fumbles, both their pass and their rush game were working. We didn't think this team had a very good offense, but they played Pyron instead of Sims. And I don't know. He seemed to be good, but maybe anyone would have looked good against our defense in this game because they just didn't play a very good game. We did bounce back nicely after the 10 nothing lead. We got a TD early in the second on a three-yard run by Wells, added another TD on a run by King, and that's when we got the 90-yard punt return by Tucker Holloway. And the call on that was great because it was Holloway all the way, yeah. and I thought that was pretty brilliant by the announcement. Yeah, they were. Uh, that, that was quick thinking. I wonder if
1: he had to have that had that written down the night before just in case. <laughs> he had to have, right? Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, but we did get the extra point blocked. So we, again, cannot ha- have anything nice. We had a 20-10 lead. That extra point might loom large later in the game. We let GT get three points right before the half. Typical bullshit from this season. <laughs> so it's 20-13 at the half. GT added another field goal to make it 20-16. to But a couple drives later, Kelly Lawson came up with the pick six. Very cool play. And we're feeling good, right? It's 27-16. We stopped them on downs to start the fourth. But nope, GT scored two straight drives to take a one-point lead. One was a 90-yard drive, one was a 73-yard drive. Both of them off turnovers. And for good measure, we fumbled once more time at the end of the game when we had a last chance, and we lost 28-27. Like I said, before the story of the game, let's go to the calls. Hey, Pete. Hey, Robbie. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah guys, we're getting really good at... uh... Having those incredibly improbable uh, win charts just get turned upside down in the last
0: five minutes of the football game. Well, the bowl invitation streak has ended. Another fourth quarter collapse. Could not hold an eleven point lead.
1: How How do you even lose by one point two weeks in a row? How do you even? It's
0: almost an achievement. I feel at this point.
1: I'm done with the wills experiment let's put in Brown at quarterback for the next two games let's see what he can do the worst thing about this team is that I almost believe every week when it gets just just close enough to make me actually finish watching the game just so little pieces my soul can leave my body
0: let's see um, who else we got at quarterback and what they can do and then we can try to decide and who's the best quarterback against uh, UVA and hopefully try to win that game yeah good riddance.
1: To this team, good riddance to this season. To the
0: swing set, y'all. Go Hokies. Only a few callers this week, Robbie, but I think we got our first female caller. Is that right? Was that the first female caller of the season? Yes.
1: And I, I, when you okay. sent over the clip to me, I was surprised. But keep them coming. I, I mean, it's a nice <laughs> yeah. it's a, nice, um, it's a nice change
0: up from uh, all the male voices that we got on there. So uh,
1: uh, we welcome it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I I mean, some people were talking about going away from Wells for the rest of the season. Andy Bitter even mentioned that in his article. Uh, We had our typical swing set call every week, which we always appreciate. And if you want to get in on the reaction line, call 540-251-2169 next week during the Duke game and give us your reaction. But –
1: I have my own submittal that I sent to you and Joe as a text message, which is a true story that happened. Um, no exaggeration to this one. So this this will be my call in on the podcast. So I my daughter uh came up to me. I said, Oh, the Virginia Tech game's about to come on. I said, Oh, hokies, you know, got excited. She's still hasn't figured out whether she's leaning towards Ohio State or, or the Hokies, but you know, I'm pulling as hard <laughs> as I can and the team is not helping, obviously. She said, Are they going to lose again? And I said, Well, I I really hope not. And she said, I hope not. We always lose. (laughs) And so during a lot of what was going on with Ukraine and Russia, we were watching a lot of news, obviously. And my daughter got like subsumed into all of this news coverage and about like Ukrainians and them fleeing and the Russians and this kind of whole is Russia bad narrative, and us trying to navigate that. And she would always be like, Russia. I don't know why she would pronounce it like that. You know, she would be like, Russia. So she, she said, are going to lose? She's like, oh, we always lose. I, I said, yeah, it's been a tough season. She goes, you know, I think if Russia had a football team, they would beat us too. And I just look, <laughs> and I just I, look, I didn't know what to say. I just looked at her and I was like, here's the Russia thing again. And I was like, you know what? You're probably
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> she's just got Russia on yeah, the brain. <laughs> it's
1: just on her brain. But she's like, yeah, if Russia had a football team, they'd probably be the, the Hokies too. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think this, yeah. this season.
0: So, Who is the Russia of college football? like is it, a, is it a yukon like it's cold up there is it mm. is it somewhere out in the in the northwest is it's it got to be iowa uh, you know new mexico state iowa yes. yeah <laughs> iowa
1: yeah i mean think about it you you bring like your son in to, re, to 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 like form a offense and then you just send your men out there to just put together just the worst offense ever and get decimated and you don't make any changes you just send more bodies at it it's
0: definitely iowa like really bad offensive tactics that is that is iowa that is russia and i had in my (laughs)
1: notes you know the only difference between our offense and iowa's is this year Iowa is well known for having one of the worst offenses in the country they've scored 30 points or more in this season we have not
0: so just take that. For That's true. Worth. Yeah. So I did look, and we that really could have in this game. Yeah. We really should have in this game in theory, because we had, we're knocking on the door a few different times, but my story of this game, getting back to the Hokies <laughs> is that it was a complete and utter choke job. Like that, that was the story of the game. We didn't really play that well on offense. We didn't play that well on defense. And that being said, we were in full control of the game at one point and should have won the game with ease. And it was as big of a fuck up in the fourth quarter as I've ever seen Virginia tech have like it. And I said, I wasn't really mad last week about the one point loss. I am mad this week. How do you feel? (laughs) I'm pretty, I'm pretty pissed.
1: Andy, Andy bitter always does a great job. He characterized and Summarized it best in 15 minutes. We had a misfield goal, the fumble in the red zone, big coverage bust interception the third and 19 conversion that i think probably broke multiple tvs across uh across the state of virginia third and the to be run in for the td and then grant wells with the uh the potential um that, well, the fumble when we were making a decent drive after a decent run from ha- Holloway on the return, yeah. which he made, he got some yardage out of absolutely nothing. So, uh yeah, mm-hmm. that's everything that happened in about 15 minutes.
0: It's, I mean, the NC State game, like they're a decent team. They've got a good defense. They've got some playmakers on offense. They've got a decent coach and they earned their comeback they you know they didn't get a bunch of turnovers and win they they earned it and they beat us because they're just better and that that's fine this is a bad georgia tech team and you let them just have it you just gave it to them we're up 11 points with the ball on the 10 with 10 minutes left and we fumble that's a huge choke you know we're in GT's half of the field. Ground game has been working. We got Holston going because, you know, we just had the fumble with King, whatever. But it's still working. Seven minutes left. What do we do? Throw three straight times. Throw an interception. Choke. It, yeah. It's We get GT to third and 19. Choke. The defense finally gets a stop. Holloway gives us that awesome return. Maybe we're going to get a field goal shot to still win this thing. Fumble. Choke. Lose. It's just, I just cannot believe The way that went down. Georgia Tech's beaten us four straight times in lane. That's not a football school. Like they're not they're not good. And and that just shows you like we're losing to this team consistently at home. We've lost six straight games on the season. We're tied for Northwestern for the second longest active streak of consecutive losses to P five teams. The only one worse is Vanderbilt, who's like way, way, way ahead. But like that's where we're at. Even bad teams win a game. In six games, yeah. and this is what's happening to us. I also, yeah.
1: Sorry to add on to that, no, but you're Nate, good, man. I- <laughs> uh, Nate McCall. this was his first start, if I'm not mistaken, and we allowed him in the fourth quarter to have a 90-yard drive and a 73-yard drive uh, for the final uh, touch to um, to really stick it home on us. So that, yeah, it was it was pitiful, quite quite a. It, it was, was it was pretty pitiful I mean, that we and to have that many. Things go wrong, uh, and P- Pry came back to it's the it's the little thing, yeah, it's the freaking little things, but it's not just one of them. It, it wasn't just the Grant Wells fumble. It just wasn't the fumble and the ten. It was just a culmination of can anybody get their head out of their freaking ass?
0: Yeah, and I uh, I counted up like the various mistakes and different things that went wrong. It was like 20 things that I counted up like 20 different things that if any one of them doesn't happen, one less sack, one made kick, you know, one made, made tackle by Chamari Connor. Like we probably win the game, you know, and you literally needed all 20 things to go wrong to lose to this piece of crap team, which only means that we're that much worse of a piece of crap team than Georgia tech if you want to talk about the offense a little bit, I was listening to the TSL pod and they said like, it looked a little better. And like, I don't, I'm not denying that it might've looked a little bit better in spots. There's a little bit more creativity. We were running Grant Wells Mm -hmm. up the middle, a little bit more here and there, but ultimately we only had 304 yards of offense, 4.6 yards per play, you know, 166 yards passing. These are terrible numbers. Like it's not better. It's not better at well, all. Well, I know total yardage and, people get all pissed off about that, but we got out gained
1: 460 yards to 300 in this, in this game. Right. It wasn't even, it wasn't even close.
0: Yeah. I always look at the yards per play and 4.6 just isn't good enough. I mean, that's, that's a terrible average. Um, the four turnovers obviously shortened some of those drives and killed all the momentum. And we, we can't overcome any adversity and that sucks. And Wells had his worst game of the year. If you want to go by QBR, if you want to go just by the way it looked. I mean, three of the turnovers were essentially his fault. And so he's, and if you just want to go to the passing numbers, forget like the actual turnovers, like 103 rating under 60% completion for the second straight game. And I think three out of four games, Mm -hmm. Uh, he is, he's not being helped. The offensive line cannot pass block anymore. I don't know why. They they couldn't run block earlier. Now they can't pass block. They're freaking terrible. Uh, it, it's always one thing or another. But Grant Wells, like he, he's lost all of his nerve, and and yeah. you know that's not all his fault either.
1: It's a constant game of whack a mole with this team, is what it is. You know what? There's no penalties, then the turnovers start. There's no turnovers, mm-hmm. then. You know, it, it goes back to penalties or it's, you know, just stupid bonehead plays or bad passes or just not being efficient or just it, it, it or the secondary just completely breaking down. Mm-hmm. It's just you solve one and two other issues pop up constantly with this team
0: right now. And the worst part is it ruins games that were decent for some guys like Tucker Holloway, like Caleb Smith, who continues to be a beast, like Keyshawn King who was having a fantastic game before that critical fumble. I mean, he was really running the ball well, six yards a carry. But it's it's all just like, okay, but you can't do it when it counts. Yeah. And it's the same thing for the defense. You said how Georgia Tech had 460 yards. That offense is horrible. We talked about how it's like 127th in scoring offense. Yeah, They, they scored 27 points here. They're averaging 16 a game. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Oh, it's brutal. It's, uh, it's, so it's, brutal, really,
1: it's really brutal. Um,
0: I've been a little surprised with how bad the pass defense has looked. I know we talked last week about how strong has been out. Yes. But it's we're two freshman quarterbacks in a row now yeah. have just thrown it all over us.
1: Yeah, it does. There should be. Uh, it, it is surprising. Going into the season, I did not expect it, even with um, the injuries. I I did not expect it to be this bad. And it looks looks pretty awful. And it's compounded by the fact that that Pry, we thought this year, if nothing else, with him directly coaching the defense, and I guess here's a question for you. He's directly coaching the defense, but he's a first-time coach he's got more shit going on in his head right now just trying to figure out how to be a head coach. To be trying to coach the defense as well I cannot be doing anybody any
0: service like whatsoever.
1: He's still trying to figure out how to make the jump from an assistant coordinator to the head coach.
0: I know. And that's that's the problem, right? They This staff has done such a bad job this year at making this team disciplined, making this team accountable. It The offense is a train wreck. And at times the defense has been the only bright spot. And that's probably because of pry, but now that's starting to fall apart too. And so you doubled down on the inexperience when you brought in a 32 year old coordinator who was a tight ends coach in the NFL. When you brought in uh, another 32 year old coordinator who had only been a linebackers coach before Mm -hmm. in Chris Marv, like you really, you screwed yourself. You needed somebody on this staff who to be the adult in the room. And I guess that was Joe Rudolph. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, that might've been Derek, the, the secondaries coach and a couple of the other older Sean Quinn, maybe, right. but like we needed at least one name, one guy, one coordinator that could just be like, okay, well he's, he's been in these spots before, like a cut cliff or something like that. Like somebody who's the adult in the room with experience who could steady the ship Yep. because w- there is no one to steady the ship right now. And it keeps, it keeps rocking, man.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's certainly
0: snowballing. Um, pretty, at a pretty rapid pace here. And just, I just, I don't know. Y- you said whack-a-mole. That was a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Like we're finding new ways to fail every single game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. Put it on a bumper sticker.
0: Yeah. <laughs> When, well, let's talk about Tucker Holloway quickly because yes. he broke the school record for bump return yards. I still don't know how that's possible with, with the guys that are blocking for him because generally the best teams at special teams are the ones with better rosters because you have better athletes and better talent blocking for you. Well,
1: yes.
0: he managed this after all the years of Beamer Ball, which we, we went into <laughs> last week. He manages to break the school record uh, when we're at our lowest and so yes. credit to Tucker Holloway. What a monster, true freshman coming out there, getting a 90-yard punt return, but also putting us in a position to potentially win the game at the end of the game. Like, what a huge return that was. He broke a tackle or two. I mean, man, yep. that, was, that was cool. And then you had Kelly Loss. We scored in all three phases of the game, right? We yep. got a defensive score. We got a special team score. This was old-school Virginia Tech, and we still lost. We, we still lost with scoring in all three phases. That doesn't normally happen either. I think it's it's twenty four years since that happened. So Yeah.
1: Tucker is he's shifty. I will say that. He has um he he is a shifty, shifty dude. So he, he can move around, make some people miss. So uh I was really excited. Uh, especially he was dead to rights on that run at the end of the game up against the sideline and still managed to eke out another seven yards uh, with that cutback, which was yeah. was huge um, until we fumbled it away.
0: You read off a bitter quote earlier, and I'm going to read one off to end this segment on Georgia Tech. And that was, to prize credit, he did own the loss, saying as much repeatedly in his post-game remarks. But Hokies fans are past that point. We want someone to fix it, not own it. And that really spoke to me because it's so true. Like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I really don't. Yep. Not after two one-point losses. The second one being just a meltdown of epic proportions. I don't want to hear that it's on you. We know it's on you. We know it's on all those coaches who are been like complete swing and misses this year. I don't know why it's been this bad. There's no excuse to be this bad, but they are. And so we need you to fix it now. <laughs> and, and and whether that fix happens in the offseason, I realize that we're getting close to the end here. I get it. Yeah. But c- I could do without one more one point loss this season.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be preferred. It's um, yeah, we're reaching the
0: we're reaching the edges of
1: uh, statistical anomalies, and we're we're
0: I'm ready and have had about enough of them. Yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Downtown Crown Wine and Beer and Dominion Wine and Beer. The two best beer stores in the DMV. You got downtown Crown in Gaithersburg, right where 270 and 370 meet. And Dominion is right on West Main Street in Falls Church, where so many of our Hokies live. Make sure to hit them up. You can get the stickers for the podcast for free with a purchase at Dominion Wine and Beer. Please check them out. Have some food. Watch the games this weekend. Talk to our buddy Arash. Tell him the podcast sent you. As always, head to those two places all season for your beer and wine needs. Robbie said he's not really having anything over there tonight.
1: So yeah, so what are what are you drinking?
0: I am drinking the Victory Brotherly Love. This is one of my favorite beers of recent past. Victory's Pennsylvania Brewery. They make a lot of beers that are distributed wide across the East Coast. And the Brotherly Love is a little bit of a nod to my Philadelphia Phillies because they did go down in the World Series, and it was sad for me. Uh, but they took two more games from the Astros than anyone else could this season that that team is a machine their fourth pitcher was probably better than our first pitcher i mean that, that's how good they freaking were so the brotherly love is a hazy ipa six percent alcohol by volume just a, a little bit of haze in the glass you can see through it a little bit but nice color perfect balance and I, I prefer hazies that are above five like all the session hazy ipas or ipas in general that are five or below like i just want a little bit more alcohol and a little bit more flavor if I'm drinking an IPA. And this one is, it's right at that line 6%. I love it because I can have more than a couple, watch the game, enjoy it, and I don't feel super hungover the next day. So I would recommend the Brotherly Love from Victory Brewing.
1: Especially when you have, you know, what, seven nights of sports like you did? So <laughs> oh, I think, uh, yeah, like your man. liver is probably thanking you for, uh, the the six percenters
0: going into the thursday night where the phillies were playing and the eagles were playing it was like i felt like i had gained 15 pounds in four days (laughs) i was feeling like absolute crap and i was like well time to strap it up again (laughs) let's do do this (laughs) (laughs) and i did and the eagles won and the phillies lost but uh i had a fun night had a bunch of people over it was fun all right let's hop into duke here man 11-12 11 12 at noon, another nooner. I believe this one's another RSN game. And Duke has been a surprise this year. They're coached by Mike Elko, another defensive coordinator who's in year one as a head coach. They're six and three and three and two in the ACC. Their losses are to Kansas by eight, Georgia Tech by three in overtime, and UNC, a pretty good UNC team by three. And they really should have won that UNC game. Their wins, however, are not very good.
1: Yeah, pretty much an understatement. So they've got wins, Temple, Northwestern, North Carolina, A&T, Virginia, Miami, and BC. I don't, that's a tough uh, pool to really find a worse group of wins, you know, kind of across the country. So, uh, and other than Northwestern, you know, keeping it close with Ohio State during a pretty much a hurricane uh, where nobody could actually do anything with the ball. Uh, All of those teams have been struggling pretty mightily all season.
0: Yeah. there's not a single good win on there. I was looking at Kali to get an idea of what the best win was. And on there, it said Miami and keep in mind in that Miami game, Duke had eight turnovers. Like they gained eight (laughs) turnovers. So like that kind of, yeah, they won, but without all that turnover luck, who knows what would have happened. And then, UVA, that game, they didn't cover the spread. And UVA's not good this year either. But we all thought Duke was going to be a lot worse.
1: Yeah. If you flip it on its head, I mean, they lost by three points to Georgia Tech and three points to North Carolina. And Georgia Tech was in overtime. They're they're two field goals from potentially being <laughs> a one-loss right one loss team right here. Yeah. So it is it's pretty incredible. At uh, Kansas, I don't think they they were really in that that game. I'm pretty sure that they had
0: a touchdown towards the end too. Uh, but yeah, Kansas was flying high earlier in the year and playing really well. That's right.
1: And so they it's a tough schedule to really get a read on how good this team is. It's difficult to to rag on them too much uh, given, given they've kind of done what they needed to. They went out, they beat the teams that they absolutely should. They played close in, in the other ones that were going to be more competitive and they came up on, on the short end of the stick in, in each of them. But no matter any way you cut it, as you just said, it's way better than everybody expected this year. I think most People just chalk them up for a three or four win team this year right off the bat, and they've done they've done well above that.
0: They have, and one of the reasons why is because they have a quarterback and a quarterback that knows how to play in whatever offensive system their OC decided to put in, unlike us. Riley Leonard, the quarterback I'm talking about, six foot four, two hundred and twelve pounds, he's completing just about sixty five percent of his passes, eleven touchdowns, four INT's passing. But he has another nine touchdowns rushing, so we're talking about twenty total TDs in just four picks. He's averaging six point three yards a carry, has five hundred and seventy-seven yards. He's their leading rusher, correct?
1: Yeah, he is. He's the leading rusher on the team. He is nightmare fuel for Virginia Tech fans. Is the best way to put it. He's um, he, he, is. Is, <laughs> he is not. Well, we when I saw he's the leading rusher on the on the team. He's obviously got um he's a definitely a dual threat and a lot that dual threats and Virginia Tech have not gone together well in uh in any time in recent years, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and not only is he a dual threat, but like he's not just rushing when stuff breaks down and he's super yep. fast and quick and running. No, he he's good at the read option game and that's an area on defense where we've struggled. And it's it's just it's going to be a problem because they have some skill players that can play too. Waters and more yep. Two running backs are one's at 4.9 yards carry, one's at 6.8. They both have a handful of touchdowns. Waters has eight touchdowns. Yep. Uh Calhoun's been around for a long time at wide receiver, Pankle, Jordan Moore, the tight end, uh Damlin like they got options they can throw yes. to. They a couple of those guys have three touchdowns and the O-line. And I think this is the biggest thing why. Yeah, they have a quarterback. Their O-line it's a top 10 O-line in all of college football in average line yards, a stat I got from Football Outsiders. And they're not giving up too many sacks. They're not giving up many tackles for loss. They're getting a nice push. That's a huge reason why Elko is successful in year one. It's because of the O-line and Riley Leonard savvy in the read option game.
1: Yeah, that's it, those two work in tandem. If you've got go a good O-line – and they – benefit each other so mm-hmm. much because if you have a guy uh, like Leonard that can move with his feet it forces the defense to have to defend both you know the pass in and, and the run with him and that makes it really difficult and it makes the job for the o- offensive line um, a lot easier and you know taking the offense as a whole, the team hasn't scored, and this is relevant to the stat that I joked about with uh, Iowa. But it's true: the team hasn't scored less than thirty points, except in the GT game they scored twenty, and in the Kansas game they had twenty-seven. So in those two losses, uh, they were they're short. That's crazy, and, man. And and I and I'm being you know less joking now. We haven't scored thirty points in a game this this season. So. That's a problem. like that, yeah, that just, is a, that's that. very simple math. But if they're scoring
0: thirty <laughs> points every game and we can't get there, that's a problem. At, at, at least thirty points every game—that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Their their run game is nasty. Seventeenth in yards per carry in the country. They've got a uh what is it? Thirty fifth in yards per play. I mean, this offense is good. The SP plus is obviously you know it's opponent adjusted, so it's it's down. Uh, from the 35th in yards per play it's at 61 but it's better than their defense and it's the better side of the ball for them is their offense they're scoring a lot of points now on defense they're 80th in the sp plus 82nd in yards per play but just like georgia tech this team's defense has benefited from turnovers i said georgia tech was third in turnover margin last week Duke's third in turnover margin this week. And that's because Georgia tech move up a spot. You know why? <laughs> Cause they had four turnovers on us. <laughs> oh yes. I, well,
1: <laughs> if we didn't have the, if we didn't have enough bad luck going for us. What we needed was the other team to have great turnover luck uh, right. against us. So uh, not great. And, you you and I have hit this at nauseum about turnovers and the luck factor of it, but you create your own luck by the way that you play out there and you force situations that put you in the in that and you, you don't get this far into the season. It's fine for like one or two or three games, but at a certain point the data set gets large enough that you're you know, you're into enough games that you it shows you have a propensity to put yourself in a place to cause turnovers or be in a spot
0: to um to have them go your way. Yeah, and they're creating a lot of havoc. They get a lot of sacks. They have 24 total sacks on the year, which is 29th in sacks per game, but they also have 30 hurries. So even on the times they're not getting home, they're putting pressure, they're creating turnovers. The nice thing about this defense is I guess for us is that they're a hundred and first in opposing passer rating. So they can be passed on. Uh, Obviously you're talking about Grant Wells who has been struggling. So who knows whether that matters. And I forget who, who it was online. Someone said, it doesn't really matter who the defense that we're playing is like, (laughs) because against NC state, we put up all those yards in third quarter against Georgia tech. We can't do anything in the fourth quarter. Like, Against UNC, he's got a terrible defense, we scored 10 points, you know, it just, it's all over the place. So, it just matters how clean of a game and how our attitude is that day, and whether our O-line decides to come and get a push that day. Like, I, at this point, I don't think the opponent, especially when you're talking about these various ACC opponents, I don't think it fucking matters. We just need to play good. <laughs> it,
1: it, we are we are the opponent. We are yes, the defense. we in are. This all, in, we're we're the monster under the bed. So uh, it is. It really is irrelevant to what is sitting on the other side of the ball, unless you're we we're playing like some elite defense like Georgia. It it really comes down to yeah. That is a, a a perfect way to put it. It really comes down to us and what we are doing, and it really matters a whole lot less about the
0: defense at this point. It doesn't mean I'm not scared of Dwayne Carter. He's a menace on the defensive line. He's their big defensive tackle. Nine tackles yep. for loss. Numbers all over the place. 17 solo tackles has a D tackle. Uh, Oban, the defensive end, he's he's pretty nasty. Shaka Howard at linebacker. Darius Joyner in the back. He's averaging 7.9 tackles per game. All kinds of numbers, pass breakups, hurries, whatever. Um, It's still not a good defense. And it's someone that, if we go by what we just said, We battle ourselves in this one. And if we come out and we play well, we should put up some points. We can put up 25 points. Can we get to the 30 mark? Because if we can get to the 30 mark, I think we could be in a position to potentially win. Because our defense, no matter how bad they played at the end of Georgia Tech, it's not a horrible unit. It's just not. Um, They played horribly, and they've played horribly at times these last two fourth quarters. But they they can help us hang. And if that means the offense need to put up points in this game,
1: yeah, I agree with that. And um, Pry mentioned a couple times about just bad calls that he had on on some plays in there, in particular on the third and nineteen. Mm-hmm. I I think we just got to go play ball and stop out trying to outthink all this know. like crazy stuff. And we we are not in a position for that kind of stuff to really make a difference. It really comes down to fundamentals at this point, not calling up like crazy schemes and those sorts of things to try and force, force it to happen.
0: That's what I'm saying, man. You know how hard it is to get a third and 19 under just a regular base. If you just said to the guys, just go out there, stand wherever you want. (laughs) Like it's hard for the other team to get 19 yards in one play, even if there's no play. Yes. And somehow we did it. Yeah. Um, matchup overall. I already said we need to cut down on the analyst mistakes. We all know that. I am afraid of Leonard is going to tear us apart a bit, rushing and passing. We haven't been good at defending the read option all year. He's an excellent runner. Be that as it may big picture stuff though. Like, Duke did just play Miami Mm -hmm. and then they played BC. So they could be a little bit fatigued and I'm talking like they went to Miami and then they went to Boston and now they're back at home. CFB losing streaks, like the one we are currently in of six games, they don't last forever. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. talking law of averages here, (laughs) turnover, (laughs) luck, all the stuff we've mentioned. And then historically, you know, we've played Duke pretty well. If you look since 2016, they've beaten us once. That was the 45 to 10 game, which we know everything kind of changed after that, turned around our season. But over the last 21 games against Duke, we're 18 and 3. Mm-hmm. And those historical things, they do come back around. We you know we saw it against NC State. We were in a game against a much better team, probably because we just played that team well over the years. Do you have anything on the matchup before I go into my last few thoughts? I
1: don't think so. I think you hit it, but I'm so distracted by wanting to splice the part where you get into, like, statistics having to change. Like, it doesn't, like, things not lasting forever for as a, as a chance for Virginia Tech to win. I'm, like, I'm so in love with the fact that we've gotten to a place where, listen, if you've lost six times in a row, there's a good chance you're going to win a 7-7. Seven time like that's yeah. that's what we've hit
0: uh, that I, yeah, i'm not basing it on anything like <laughs> in the matchup i'm literally just it's it's like we were saying before like if it's been black seven <laughs> times it's gonna be red this time that's and right. vice versa i like that um they are good for a year one coach at duke like they're very good in fact they're six and three with not much talent really on the team but they are by no means a great team we said their best win is Miami or UVA. Those are two bad teams. Um beating BC doesn't mean anything. We did that. Yes. So this is a winnable game. Despite what people think, despite what we just saw the last two weeks. I mean, we've been in the last four games. Yes. We're we there's potential for us to be in this game. Could something accidental could could lightning just you know strike the football and bounce into someone's hands for us for once Come on, like just give that, it to that's me. what we need we need you know talk about fake it till you make it we need you know the football gods to help us until we make it
1: <laughs> i just think we just i forget which podcast i think it was uh, Braden gall that used to always talk about the moment and he used to talk about like big games like the moment would be if the volunteers beat Georgia. Like that, that would be like the moment after beating Alabama. Uh, for us, we just gotta not. I, I don't know if we're in our own head. We we have to be in our own heads at, at that point. Yeah. You don't you don't have that kind of blow up into fourth quarters and it not being for for that reason. We just gotta settle in and just just go back to fundamentals and just play. Play smart and not not overdo it is is really what you know. Try and get ourselves close in this game. Try and you know get it down to uh, something that's winnable, and then just don't don't screw it up and give it a chance. Don't give a, away another fucking field goal at the end of the half. Like it constantly, we talk about this all the time. How many times this season we've talked about this it? Six alone. times about how we constantly let teams score. People have been talking about the middle eight for like the last decade. This is not like a new concept of how important right. the four minutes are to end like the first half and the start the the second half are. And we are the worst. We have to be statistically one of the worst teams in the country over the last five years in like the middle eight. And I would I would absolutely argue that um the stats would back that up. And um, just don't don't allow that kind of stuff. Just you know, keep your head on straight and, and and shut down you know those stupid
0: points that you're just leaking like in the in the game. You know how you watch those sports movies and you know the team's in it, but you know they they've been faltering at these different points, and the coach is like, you know what, guys, just go out there and have fun. I don't care if you lose, like that's what, like, when we get to the fourth quarter, if we're within three points, either way, we need pride to be like, no more plays. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, we're not doing plays, yeah. all right? Just just go out there yeah. and do backyard football yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. Because whatever we've been doing doesn't work, and we need you to, like, be <laughs> loose, you know? Because that's really what it is. Like, they're so scared. You talked about how sometimes when you play golf in a tournament, mm-hmm. you get in your own head. Yeah. Well, golf is a a single-person sport. Like, we're talking about 85 guys, (laughs) however many dress, all getting in their head, plus the coaching staff. I don't know how that's possible. Yes. But it's happened two weeks in a row. Yeah. And so something I don't know what they're going to do at the end of this game but I want to see some mighty ducks knuckle puck yeah. I want to see some bad news bears yeah. I want to see Bring all the those bash stupid, brothers out the, the bash yeah, brothers the, yeah. little giants yeah you know <laughs> annexation of Puerto Rico going on <laughs> <laughs> something to get this team to not think yeah. and just play yeah I agree Duke's nine and a half point favorites I think we can cover don't really know um I just want to win. I want to win. I know that our best chance of winning a game is probably UVA at home and that this is going to be a hard one to win and Liberty is going to be very hard to win. But I think we can. Yep. I think it is possible. And with the way we've played the last few weeks, we've been there. We've been right there. I'm disgusted at what happened at the end of Georgia Tech, and I'm hoping they can make me forget about it this weekend. Let's go into the picks, Robbie. Louisville at Clemson. Clemson coming off the tough loss to Notre Dame. That was a pretty shocking result, to be honest. We talked about how Notre Dame plays well in this big game. Still shocking, though. Yes. Clemson, seven-point favorites at home. I'm going to take Louisville in this game to cover. I'm going to take Louisville to cover as well. And they did beat JMU last week, who's not a bad team, as we know. And Louisville did lose to BC. Mm-hmm. You know That's BC's only ACC win. <laughs> and they have didn't play well at the beginning of the year, and they had a, kind of a tough schedule. But... They've they found something. Yep. UNC at Wake. Wake three and a half point favorites. This is an interesting line. I double checked it. Wake is the favorite, uh, and I'm gonna go with Wake. They've had two tough weeks in a row, including a week where I switched my pick to them last week and it lost for me. But I'm gonna take Wake again. I'm gonna go with Wake as well, and only because I think I can't
1: remember what the stat was um, of UNC's quarterback what he's done over the last. I think he's like the only quarterback in like the last like 20 years, like to have like the stat line that he's had, which is no interceptions over the last three games, over a certain number of yards. It it was something Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And a QB percentage like over 70%. It's insane. I think he comes down to earth a little bit in this game against Wake. And that's.
0: And think about the season Hendon Hooker was having a couple years back, and we go down to Wake. Mm -hmm. And they they threw a different look at us, and Hooker had a bad game, and we lost. And maybe that happens to Drake May and this one down in Mm Winston-Salem. Next game, FSU at Syracuse. I don't have a ton about this game. Syracuse fell out of the rankings. FSU has basically taken their place. I'm going to take Florida State. They're playing at a high level right now.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah. Once the wheels fall off for Syracuse,
1: historically, they really start to to fall off. They they like to pull the Miami uh, where... It's not good enough just to you know take some losses. They want to like really shit the
0: bed. And Schrader did go out in the Notre Dame game, and then I, I'm not sure if he's going to play this weekend or what, but I'm taking Florida State regardless. Pitt at UVA. UVA four-and-a-half point underdogs at home. UVA, again, they've been competitive. Yep. They're not good, but they've been very competitive the last few weeks. They're kind of like us in that regard. I'll take them to cover in Pitt. Okay. Um, I am going with Pitt this game. Okay, Miami at Georgia Tech. I, you know, we've talked about this before too. I, I suck at picking pick games. Like I'm just not good <laughs> at it. So go with Robbie's pick on that one. Um, GT one and a half point favorites against Miami. This is another one of those horrible ACC matchups of two bad yes. teams. Miami looks like they've quit. I mean, they they really do. Uh, Cristobal having a rough go of it in year one. Do you have a pick?
1: I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with GT. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that they keep it rolling. I think Miami is 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 really terrible.
0: They are really terrible. I said last week I'm not gonna pick them against the spread, and I'm not gonna do it this week. I'm taking Georgia Tech. Okay. Bama at Ole Miss. Let's go outside the conference. Ole Miss, eleven and a half point underdogs at home, even though Bama just lost to LSU. Uh, so this they're playing the anger card here with the spread, right? they're playing
1: the anger card and the narrative is starting to make its way around town about the, you know, things are not looking as good under Saban. Mm -hmm. It's been starting to build momentum over the past three seasons. And that's typically when Saban brings out his horns and decides to BF everybody in, you know, in college football.
0: Yeah, I know. And that, and this line being so big after that and how bad Bama's been on the road, uh, it's, it's really making me question, but I, <sighs> I'm going with Ole Miss. I, I don't think it's, really I'm going with Ole Miss well. too. And it's, yeah. you know, maybe we'll look dumb after this, but that just it's, seems like it's a lot of things.
1: It's the penalties. It's the weird decisions and the calls in the game. Everything looks a little off kilter for that Alabama. staff might not have it this year.
0: Yeah. That, that Bama staff. It's not just Saban. I mean, he has. Yes. There's 50 guys on that staff, at and least. it might just not be a good mix. Yeah, he's got like two fluffers on the sideline. <laughs> UCF at Tulane. This is two ranked teams in the G5 going at it this weekend. Tulane, two point favorites at home. UCF's been playing better too lately. I'll take. Uh, I'm going to take Tulane to get the win. Yeah, I'm going for it because they that. That getting to the New Year's Six Bowl is a big
1: deal, so I think they're gonna they're gonna keep grinding
0: it. I had a joke, kind of a joke this week about the ACC adding Tulane, and the main <laughs> reason why was because we'd get road trips to New Orleans. <laughs> yes,
1: and for yeah you know, anybody that uh, that went down there for that Auburn game, you know exactly uh, how how enjoyable that can be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. TCU at Texas, Texas seven point favorites. That's a big line considering TCU's in the college football playoff right now at number four. Yep. Uh, that makes me think I want to take Texas and I'm going to take Texas.
1: Yeah. Uh, gosh, I really want to go with TCU, especially since they missed after with that whole Bay- them and Baylor snafu. What was that? That was the first playoff, I think it might have been uh, yes. way back yep. when. Ah, uh, it would be nice to see them pull it off. Uh, I'm gonna go, but I think Texas is gonna, is gonna screw it all up for him. I'm going Texas too.
0: I mean, TCU they have been good, but they've also had a horseshoe up their butt. Also, very season.
1: lucky. Yes, they've been very lucky in almost four games that they potentially should have lost.
0: Washington at Oregon, Oregon 13 and a half point favorites. We talked about how good Oregon has been this year. We haven't seen Bad Bow Knicks yet. No. Washington's ranked. They're mm-hmm. They're back in the rankings. And so this is uh this is a big matchup. It's it's in Austin. And I'm very tempted to take them because they're putting up like 40 points a game since the Georgia game. But I'm gonna take Washington.
1: I will go Oregon.
0: All right, that does it for picks. Fun weekend of college football coming up, actually. A lot of a lot of good uh, action outside the conference, but uh in the conference. Not so much. Uh, UNC and Wake will be fun. That'll be a fun game. Yes. Yep. Um, our game it has potential. I mean, from an outsider's perspective, the GT VT game, I think was better than y- it would have been. Like it was a, it was the number one Sickos committee game of the week. Yeah. And I think it played better than that, right? Or, yeah, or I think was, it was that a, better- a perfect Sickos game? <laughs>
1: Well, we I guess it. that's also, that's also, yeah, actually, no, it makes it a perfect sickos game. Yeah. The, because <laughs> a the, one point game. <laughs> yeah. One point game. But not only that is because we stepped on our dick so hard. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't as though GT played amazingly. It was because
0: we sucked so bad. So right, that makes it, right.
1: that definitely fills the, the sicko narrative
0: yeah for sure and miami gt is probably going to do the same thing yes because miami was already involved in a sickos game in that four overtime against uva yeah so uh but the the ultimate sickos game of the season and it's
1: like not even close is going to be uva virginia attack that that is
0: (laughs) it's got to be right
1: that is that is that is an epic Form of rivalry sickos game.
0: That right. We're, there. All right. So when we do the UVA Tech preview, we're gonna have to come up with like certain scenarios, like how we think it's gonna play out. Yeah. What's most likely? What's least likely? And then basically bet against each other in terms of like how like. Do you think it's going to be 41 40 or do you think it's going to be like seven to three? (laughs) Yeah, I I will. Absolutely. I
1: I guarantee I'll bet right now that there's not a point scored in the first half by either team. I'll do that. I have
0: have no problem putting down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You got to get some odds on that, but that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, Oh my God. Um, all right, man. Well that, that'll do it. And I, uh, you know, I was really mad, sickened, even as I said to you earlier about the game, um, but talking always makes me feel a little bit better. I don't know if we got a chance against Duke this weekend. I think we do. Mm-hmm. You know my feelings i I've said every week I think I feel like we're gonna pull it off uh and goddamn, God damn if I haven't been close <laughs> <laughs> i mean f f s man you I really <laughs> you have stuck to your guns with this feeling, and i i'm I appreciate it That's... but you know what? Maybe I need to have a different feeling so we can go the opposite yeah. you know like i so for for posterity's sake, Duke's going to crush us. How's okay. that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. You heard it here first. Uh, right, 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 yeah. right. So uh, let, Let's Pete, go with that. Pete willed us to a win. <clears throat> you can hit us on Twitter. It's at 2DVT. 2 com is website. You can check out all the pods on there, stream them, all the beers we've had over the years. You can hit us on Gmail. It's 2DVT at gmail.com. Send us any questions or comments, or if you want to ask us for our our address so you can mail us beer you can do that too and make sure to subscribe on apple podcasts and on spotify wherever you find your podcast. until next time when we are hopefully celebrating a big win over duke go Hokies